This is James Walker, and welcome to Real Talk, Real People. This is the podcast that turns the mic over to everyday people to hear what they have to say about the issues and problems we face as a society. Hello, folks. Thank you very much for joining us again this week. You know, it seems incredible, but in the year 2021, African-Americans are still facing predatory lending practices when they apply for credit. And never is this more evident than when blacks go to purchase a vehicle. My guest today is economist and lawyer Ian Ayers. He is the Deputy Dean and the Oscar M. Reebhausen Professor at the Yale School of Law. Or I should say the Yale Law School. Ian started his research way back when President Barack Obama was then president of the Harvard Law Review when he was in school. And they published an article that Ian wrote about his findings. Let's listen to what he has to say. My name is Ian Ayers and I'm a professor at Yale Law School. Okay, we're here to talk about predatory lending practices as it relates to the minority community. And I understand you've done a lot of research here. So why don't you tell us what you have found out? Sure. Well, uh, way back uh, before Barack Obama was president, when he was actually president of the Harvard Law Review, uh, uh, he, uh, the, the Law Review published uh, an article of mine that tested for race and gender discrimination in new car sales. And what I, I sent out uh, uh, testers uh, to uh, hundreds of Chicagoland car dealerships and found that uh, in that first study that, they, that uh, African-American testers uh, were charged or were asked to pay um, substantially higher prices than um, uh, uh, than Caucasian testers. And so there, uh, my first foray into something close to predatory lending was testing and finding race discrimination in new car sales. And uh, a few years later, I was able to get uh, data uh, on the car sales of a substantial dealership in Atlanta and there, the data from their sales included not just uh, uh, the markups on the, the profits on the, uh, from the transaction price, from, uh, but also uh, I could see the profits on car finances. And that this um, also showed that African-Americans were paying uh, the dealerships uh, substantially higher markups on the loan. And the, a crucial uh, aspect about car loans that most people don't realize is that if you get a, 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 a car finance, either a new car or a, u car, or a used car financed by a, a dealership, the dealership sends your credit history to a lender and the lender sends back to the dealership a private interest rate that, uh, uh, that the lender is willing to lend to this, uh, to this buyer at. So I might say, hey, dealership, I wanna, uh, I wanna borrow uh, 
$35,000. They send my credit history information into a lender. The lender tells the dealership, hey, for uh, Ian Ayers, we're happy to have you uh, to lend to him at a 5.5% interest rate. But dealership, if you can get Ian to sign a 10% uh, uh, APR, we, the lender, will immediately give you, the dealer, uh, $8,000 in cash. You know, uh, I know, I know that that's uh, true because I used to be a car salesman in North Carolina. And I, I know it was kind of like a running joke as to who you could, uh, who was going to walk out of the finance office with a high interest rate. And it was, you know, and of course, the finance guys, this is how they got paid. The yeah. higher they could get you to, to go sign on the dotted line for, you made more money. In fact, in doing some research of my own, I have found out that nearly 63% of the time, qualified minorities paid more for loans than, not, than, 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 than whites who were not as qualified as for them. And it seems that this is just across the board throughout the United States. So uh, what has, in doing your research and exposing this, has there been any change? There has been, and I should also uh, disclose that I was soon hired as an expert witness in a series of cases uh, challenging this practice as being a violation of the Equal Credit Opportunity Act. And, uh, and this litigation bear uh, a lot a substantial fruit that there are a number of uh, large lenders that, uh, at least for a period of time, agreed to cap the uh, amount by which they uh, would uh, mark up loans to say, look, if, you, uh, if, if the lender's willing to lend to me at five and a half percent, the dealership can't charge more than let's say eight and a half percent or maybe seven and a half percent. You cap the markup at 2% or 3%. And that would be that's particularly important because I found in a variety of data sets that African-Americans not just paid on average higher markups on their, uh, on their APR, on the interest rate, but that it was particularly of the, of the loan transactions where the dealerships were making more than a $2,000 profit, that those were uh, sometimes 70, 80% minority buyers, even though the buyers only make up 15 or 20% of the dealerships. Of the customers, dealerships, customers, right. Make and up a huge proportion of the home run sales. I, um, I found out that a company, um, Ally Financial or Ally Financial, um, they were hit with, I think, a $60 million or it could be $80 million. Don't quote me there but they were hit with a high penalty and they were supposed to give back or pay back some of that money. And to date, to my knowledge, that has not been done because of legal mumble jumble and all the things that, you know, stop that kind of thing. So if the laws <laughs> won't, um, won't back up um, uh, and get rid of these predatory lenders, what else can you do? I mean, because this happened in 2015 yeah. that they were so, what, what is the solution? Well, there, I, I still think there is hope for uh, law to play a role, both judge-made law and statutory law. Uh, part of the good news is that there have been states 
that have uh, passed statutes that say dealers can't raise the interest rate more than 2% or more than 3%. And by looking at national data, I can see that the, that, uh, that the finance profits are lower in those states and the racial disparities are smaller. So those statutes are something that can happen. This litigation, I think I'm, I'm biased because I was an expert witness in it, that can work. Um, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the CFPB, has new regulations. They have been pursuing some of these cases. So not just private litigation, but also government litigation. And finally, it's podcasts like this. I, I was in an extraordinary meeting in Detroit with Jesse Jackson and, uh, uh, and the financial head and the CEO of uh, 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 GM's finance unit, and uh, and so public policy, uh, uh, public publicity can be brought to bear uh, to make uh, progress on on this uh, issue. Well, you know, I was looking at some of the um, numbers, and GMAC really, <laughs> really did a disservice to a lot of minorities all across the United States. And depending on where it was, if it was in the South, quite frankly, it was a lot more. In the Northern States, it was a, a lot less. But I looked at those numbers and I was really astounded because according to the American Bar Association, more than I think it's 25 billion that this is costing um, African-Americans 25 billion in economic value or, or whatever. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm wondering about something. We now have online car sales where you can purchase the car online. Would that get rid of the color barrier? Because, you know, how else would they? Well, I guess uh, when you put in your application, that comes up that you are a minority. So it, it does. And there can be entrances brought, uh, uh, made on, on, uh, uh, on where you live and on first names and last names. I, I right. think the internet has not proven to be as, uh, I, I do think that there has been, that internet sales have uh, reduced the amount of racial disparity in the front end. But one of the biggest uh, ways to make uh, progress on this is to uh, get your uh, finance in line before you go to the dealership. There's no reason that dealerships are a better place to help get you, at, especially in today where every smartphone, you know, can have a, uh, a Quicken loan or rocket mortgage app. You know, there's a lot of, it's never been easier to, uh, to try to find credit. And uh, that's trying to have, uh, when uh, trying to get some competition over your car loan rate is likely to give you, uh, be one of the more important ways. Uh, another kind of statute that I, would favor is we have already with regard to home um, mortgages, if the home mortgages have a very high interest rate, by regulation, they're called a high cost mortgage. And the lender has to go through some more uh, procedures and warnings before they can lend to you at that high rate. I think it would do well for states or the feds to pass a similar high cost car loan warning. You're listening to Real Talk, Real People, the podcast that turns the mic over to everyday people. 
Some people have really bad credit and deserve to pay a high interest rate. That's right. not a dealership markup. But one of the amazing things that I found over and over is that the racial disparities actually grew uh, uh, when we compared, when we looked at, at consumers that had the best credit. Uh, uh, if you among consumers that have a really bad credit score, there's not as much of a, uh, a differential in markup because usually in many states, uh, those consumers are going to be protected by the usury cap. But if you have really good credit, that gives the dealership more room, room to inflate this. And and I, I had data sets where I was able not just to see credit score, but I was able to see jobs. And there are major lenders out there that are persistently charging higher interest rates to uh, controlling not just for uh, uh, not just for credit score, but when we just look at the people that are veterans or just those people that are active clergy in in air in job category after job category, people that you think have education that uh, that there were that there was systematic advantage taking going on. And, and so I'm, uh, yes, the law can be frustrating and slow, but I, I think there are still some possibilities here to make progress. Let's, uh, let's flip the coin here, because there are many people that will say, hey, listen, you go to buy a car, if they tell you 40,000 in the car, you know the car is only worth 25,000, why are you signing on the bottom line? So there has to be something that, acknowledges that we need a better, more educated consumer. And so what do you say about that? Because it is true that, you know, you, you know, if you go to buy a car, if you go to buy a house, whatever you buy, yeah. you know, if you, certainly if you go to the grocery store and you compare prices, you know, there's, there's no difference when shopping for a car. So what do you say? What are your comments on that? Well, you know, financing is an interesting issue. Now, not all Americans, but I think a, uh, a substantial majority of Americans know that when it comes to the car price, uh, that you shouldn't pay sticker that that you or at least that you can negotiate over the car price. But there are a couple, I think, really important things. Many Americans don't know that you can bargain uh, over the interest rate. That the dealership comes back and says, "Oh, Ian, you have to pay a ten and ten and a half percent interest rate." And I come back and say, "Well, just like it was the uh, the car price." Well. Uh, would you take eight and a half? Uh, and they just think that's, well, wait, no, that's bank stuff. I can't, I've never heard of anybody right. negotiating right. that. And secondly, people um, think of their finances as incredibly personal and individualized. And they don't realize that from the lender's perspective, this is a commodity. And right. you know somebody's uh, loan to value, how much other debt they have, and you know their credit score you can put them in a tier really fast. And so uh, I'm really, people are uncomfortable about talking. They're guilty about their credit. They, they're they're uh, uncomfortable thinking about dollars uh, and finance. And uh, well, they maybe they're, they understand how much a cup of coffee or how much is the car price, but finance over time, uh, there are a lot of people that just say, look, I, uh, I, the, the one thing I care about is I can't pay more than $300 a month. Right. I was going to say that. And those, and those, and the, that's the finance uh, and insurance guys say, great. 
I'll get you 300 months for uh, 12 years and not the normal three or five year payoff right. thing. Yes, we I, I, we had that happen many times in uh, when I when I was selling cars. You would cut people would come in and my maximum payment is three hundred and fifty dollars that they didn't care about the interest rate or anything. They cared about the monthly payment and still. And I'm going to say probably 60, 70 percent of the cases that three fifty turned into three sixty three. Yeah. Or 373. So not only so they actually kind of um what's the word? They kind of, you know, had put themselves in a bad situation going in, telling them what the payment would be and so forth. But truthfully, that's what most people are concerned with, the monthly payment. So what do we do now? Is this happening here in Connecticut? Well, you know, I, I just haven't had access to more recent data, so I don't, mm -hmm. uh, it's likely happening in Connecticut, but I actually haven't, uh, I can't speak to that. But I can tell you just, you know, a vivid example of how, um, of how this uh, uh, can happen during, when the economy goes, ha is having a problem, like after 9-11, there, if you can, uh, if people listening to this can remember back that far, uh, the to to boost car sales, just about all the manufacturers had special zero uh, APR uh, promotional deals. Right. But the important thing about that is that they were for specially qualified uh, buyers, and so if you took two people uh, that. Uh, one was had really good credit and one just had average credit. In, in normal times, uh, that might mean the one with good credit deserves a 5.5% interest rate. The one with moderate credit deserves a 8.5% uh, 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 interest rate. But then what happens after 9-11, that 5.5% gets reduced to zero and that eight and a half percent isn't isn't and and not only is it reduced to zero, the the dealers are prohibited from marking it up at all. So <laughs> five and a half goes to zero, and the eight and a half is not capped, and it goes up to twelve. And so what started out as a three percent difference becomes a twelve percent difference, and minorities are much more likely not to qualify for those. Especially qualified buyer deals. Those are those are causing racial disparities where they could have said, in, uh, you could just run a promotion. Manufacturer could say, we're going to buy down uh, the interest rate five percent for everybody. They don't do that. They just do it for the best qualified. For the best qualified. And I'm wondering now that we have because um, due to micro trips and so forth, new cars is not enough. There's uh, demand is outpacing what's available on new car lots. Every a lot of people switching to used cars. Yeah. There is a ton of money as a former salesman. I can tell you, there's a ton of money to be made at used car sales. Is this a time when people need to be extra vigilant about purchasing a vehicle? Yes. Yeah. And and again, you can be taking advantage of with regard to financing on used cars as well. And just trying to make sure the one while cars are scarce, cash lending is not scarce. And so 
I can't, uh, there's not a natural action. You, even used car, you're going to be paying higher, uh, the, the dollar amount on the used car uh, it, when it's in short supply w- will increase. That's what my economics tells me. But, uh, but cash, uh, the, the lending dollar is not in short supply. And so this is still a great time to go out and get competitive offers from something like Lending Tree or your local, you know, what's a really great source? Credit unions are shown not to rip people off as much. You know, they're actually owned by uh, the, the people. So uh, if you, if I had a, get yourself one quote from a local credit union, uh, think about getting, get something lined up on the internet first. Uh, try to avoid getting your financing through dealers. You've been listening to Real Talk, Real People. If you would like to be on the show, have a comment about the show, or perhaps you have an idea that the show should explore, give us a call at 203-605-1859 or email us at realtalkrealpeoplect at gmail.com. And remember, start your Sundays with my column in Hearst, Connecticut newspaper statewide and start your Mondays right here at Real Talk, Real People. Have a good week, folks. We'll talk again next week.